Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we're going to be discussing sketches from Chappelle's show and Nazanin Noor. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me as co-hosts today, it's Julian Morgan. Hello. Layla Dreesy. Hi. And I'm Andy Weld. Today, we are happy to have on as a guest, Martin Amini. Martin, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to have you on. Martin, can you tell us about your background in comedy? Uh, sure, yeah. I'm a stand-up comedian uh, based here in Washington, D.C. You know, I'm out here. How uh, would you describe your stand-up? How I would describe my stand-up, man, uh, I'd say it's... It t- I touch on a little bit about uh, growing up in a background, half Iranian, half Bolivian household, just kind of like very observational, you know, and just just overall just quality content. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't have you on the show yeah. if that was yeah. the case. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your favorite gig you've ever done? Mm, favorite gig. Any gig that pays is a favorite yeah, gig. Yeah. Gig. What's the weirdest one, though? Like, this. Uh, the weirdest gig, uh, oh, I I, uh, I actually performed at a protest, which was uh, for the first time I've heard my last time a year ago. And um, I don't know, I, just, I don't think it takes a genius to know that stand-up comedy at a protest is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best. Uh, yeah, like, protest who's, who's the promoter that... <laughs> Honestly, man, it, it, it was a I, poor lady. I, I don't know what her... She's like a younger person, so... I think she was trying to do something new and fresh and make a, you know, but I was like, in my mind, I'm like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> but I'm like, well, you know, I owe a lot of money in parking tickets. So yeah, right. <laughs> so, this, so this was a paid gig. So it was well, it a was good a gig, gig in that it, way. It, it, uh-huh. Right. That's why I'm not like angry about yeah. it. Because I, you know, I knew what I knew going into it. It was, it was going to be an uphill battle, but it was for 800 people for the May Day March last year. And uh, it was downtown. And uh, I think it was like over, like close to a thousand people, and uh, I was the warm up act, you know. All right. So I just went on stage and no introduction. It was just kind of like, hey, everybody, uh, <laughs> let's know. do bits. Yeah. <laughs> they even they didn't say you were a comedian or anything. They were just like they were like they had one guy say, yeah, we have a com-. It was just so ridiculous. It was like comedy watching them try to like you know, yeah. explain to the audience, I'm gonna tell jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they just walked for miles. Were they like, on yeah. theme to the protest, or were you like you doing your five, your I mean, set, like your? To be fair, my, a lot of my material at that time, which was last year, um, you know, after after uh, the elections, it was pretty politically charged. Yeah, but even still, the stand-up yeah. format, it's not, it's not meant for people standing, holding signs. You know what I mean? Or angry. Yeah, no, absolutely. yeah, they're they're angry. They're they're, they're they don't want to hear they yeah. don't want to hear my struggle living with my parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, no, that's. Uh, did we we were able to get people on your side? No, and uh, I probably got some. Like, if I didn't get off stage when I did, it, I probably would have got booed by most of them. Uh, yeah. Um, but what ended up happening was, um, you know, I got a chance to really, uh, you know, I, I I always like seeing how far I could push myself into uncomfortable situations, sure. and that's the thing I, I really enjoy the most is like, what's the craziest show I could do? You know what I mean? I think performing at a protest for you know a thousand people. That's signs. a good one. Yeah, that's I, like that's a, that's up there, man. That's yeah, definitely, that's definitely a great story. Like I've never heard. It was of like that a badge before. of honor for me. Absolutely, I, yeah, man. <laughs> now you yeah. also you host the Overachiever Show. Can you mm-hmm. tell us about that? 
The Overachiever Show is a is a comedy showcase that I've been producing the past six years. It's evolved into what it is now. What is it now? It's one of the top shows I would say in the country. Uh, the the DC Improv has uh, has decided to to bring the show on to the main stage starting in December. That's oh, awesome! Yeah. Congratulations! This is exclusive yeah. content. You know, wow, hasn't been yeah. announced yet. That's awesome. Um, so you know, with that, with that, you know, being announced. On this podcast, you know, I think, uh, you know, from a local show that started in 2012 at a 40C bar to go to like the main stage at the DC Improv, if anyone is familiar with the comedy world or just, you know, in DC, the DC Improv is a staple here in the scene. Yeah. It's and the, it's, it's, an, biggest, it's pretty, yeah. it's iconic and, it, you know, it has like national, recon, you know, it's recon, recognized nationally. And uh, to be, you know, to have my, I, I don't want to say the first local showcase, but I think it is the first local showcase on the main stage where like um, you know they've had local shows before but this is just a pure stand-up showcase where i have a dj dj Bo, um on stage with me and we just we just bring the best comedians from the country and um kind of just uh give the give give the audience like one of the, you know it's a hot show so it's something i'm very proud of that's right? awesome congratulations yeah. on yeah, dc man. improv that's great thanks man <clears throat> yeah for our listeners dc improv is like the biggest comedy club in dc it's historic yeah it's great Well, let's get into some sketches. Let's do it. Man. Our first sketch today comes to us from Martin. Uh, Martin, can you tell us about the sketch? So I chose uh, the racial draft from the Chappelle Show. Chappelle Show, man, it was a very, um, it had a huge impact on me in high school and college, man. It, I, I can't remember a time when we weren't dropping Chappelle quotes, you know? It was like every episode had like quotables. I chose this sketch because I felt like this is the one that like, it's hard to forget. It was a, it was like, yo, this is... And honestly, I don't think it could be done in 2018. You know what I mean? Just off the, like, you know, off the PC vibes we got right now. It's like, that cannot be done. And so they kind of hit it out the park in, in a time when um, they probably didn't even realize what it was going to be like in the future. So it's kind of cool to be able to kind of recap what they accomplished in that creatively, you know? And here's a clip. Folks... This is for all the marbles. What happens here will state the racial standing of these Americans once and for all. That's right. And the crowd is here to support their races. Well, Rob, some of the biggest names in sports and in entertainment are on the line tonight. And I'm excited to see who's going to be drafted by which race. Seated behind me on the stage there are the various representatives. And believe it or not, the blacks have actually won the first pick. Wow, that's the first lottery a black person's won in a long time, Billy. Yes, and I'll probably still complain. <laughs> Man, fuck you. All right, Martin, you got into this a little bit a second ago, but why this sketch? Why this one? Yeah. I mean, it's just as a, as a you know, as a performer and writer, you know, it's, uh, I think you try to strive for, uh, what can you accomplish? You know, how far you could push the envelope. And I was like, yo, this, it was creative. It was original. They had like, the cast was dope as shit. They had like some of my, they had Bill Burr, like just as one of the, com like, like that was not even like the main focus of it. They just would have yeah. one of the greatest comics in the world as one of the actors. And then they had most deaf. Yeah. They've had, they had the Wu-Tang Clan. It, it was just like, from a just standpoint, Chappelle showed the casting has always been like crazy good. They like jumpstarted a lot of people's careers too. I remember this is like unrelated, but Kanye West, I think that was his first live performance on television. So he like, you know, what Chappelle accomplished in such a short amount of time of how many people he like put on a platform and like 
just the high quality level, consistency as an artist. That's what I look for. Like, it's one thing to have like quality moments, but like doing it at a consistent level, season after season, episode after episode, like that is hard to maintain. You know what I mean? It's one thing to have one dope sketch or two dope sketches, but like every one is like A plus, A plus, A plus. It's crazy. It's really great. And Julian, this is a really long sketch. It's about eight and a half minutes long or seven and a half minutes long. Why does that work for this sketch? Well, it's because, like, this kind of sketch where, like, it really seemed like Chappelle just brought in all his friends and we're just going to do some weird shit. And uh, but just for the actual, like, content, like, the if you're going to do a race, if you're going to do a draft and you're drafting <laughs> races, um, it, it, it kind of it needs to hit all of the bases. So that's why it needs to be, that's why it needs to be a little long. What it speaks to, too, is that, like, there's always, like, uh, for, like, any kind of, any sort of, I know, I know this uh, back in, like, high school and stuff like that where we're just, like, it depends on like I'm black and Mexican, so it, it, like like depending on who is doing well or whatever, like you would claim them as a as yeah. as, as like a like black people would like claim like you know Tiger Woods, which they brought up. Um, well, and you had the same thing when like this is a, a more political example, but like when Obama was running for president, and especially and when he while he was president, being referred to as a black president, even though he was half black and half white, and there wasn't like especially people who were really detractors of him um, would really be like. You you know that that negative connotation that people can apply to that kind of thing, and that it, that racial draft is kind of the the positive way of spinning that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also just like what we kind of just kind of do naturally. Uh, it's 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 weird as shit to say, but it's, yeah, it's gonna be kind of do naturally. Well, people group together. Yeah. Now, Layla, the sketch is full of racial and maybe racist jokes. Why are we okay with that? I'm are not we, okay. You're not okay with it. Okay, why not? Um, I think I probably was more okay with it in high school, like when it came out. Like it just felt more comfortable because it wasn't like politically charged. Now I feel like I watch this and I have to watch it with like a critical eye and I'm pausing it and thinking and pausing it and thinking. Um, as an actor, like if someone were to write a similar sketch, like in Bad Medicine, I would really have to sit with it and wonder like, what is this going to look like six months from now? What is this going to look like five years from now? And is this something I could be in? And do I feel comfortable making these kinds of jokes? And why or why not? It was, I don't know. I, I yeah. feel like I, I, again, need to like watch it over and over and over and kind of figure out like why some things are funny, why other things are not funny, why other things make my skin crawl. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's what Martin was saying too. It's like, can you do this now? And uh, it, like all those questions would come up for anyone that's a part of that sketch and the, and the overall question is why are we doing this you know? yeah so. yeah no i mean that's what makes it brilliant man it, it, it uh i think it 2018 is is i i think they would have a difficult time making it now but if we could we could all agree a lot of it still holds up you know what i mean it's still absolutely and oh, yeah. as a comedian it's like the ideal situation to be in is not being limited in your thoughts like it's one thing to have like, you know, feeling uncomfortable or not even liking it. You know, that's everyone's like, you know, uh, and, you know, they have they're entitled to that. But to say that they're not allowed to create it is a whole other argument. Sure. And uh, the fact that they were able to execute that and um, like there was like one part and specifically I thought there was like I was like disappointed because it wasn't like the beats were all there. But when it came to like the the Latin draft. I thought that was where they kind of dropped the ball because yeah. everything there was like oh. they were hitting it out the park. Like everything was like the beats were quality. I don't know who wrote this one. Whether it's Neil Brennan, but 
you know, the right, yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah. The, you could see the beats in it as from a stand-up point. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And then when it was like the Latin side, it was like, ah, like that wasn't, it wasn't consistent with all the beats. Well, that was, so I didn't know who Ilion was until, yeah, like, that was a hot, in that, in back ago. when, when that was, that was a huge, like, hot topic when it was, came out. But and I think was, that's what grounds the shit out of it. Mm. Like, it makes it, like, it's kind of funny and, like, tiptoeing on, like, offensive or whatever. But then you hit that and it's like, this is real. Like, yeah. everyone in the room is laughing, but this is real. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, that's a good point. It's almost, but it's like, if you want to have the, the consistency of the, the 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 beats, I think like um, I think they could have gone a different direction with that one. Like I think uh, I was thinking it is a bit of a different feel because Ilian Gonzalez was it was a custody dispute essentially. Yeah, that, no, yeah, it, that got elevated, but it wasn't it wasn't like Ilian Gonzalez's half Cuban and half something else. It was, it was like their woke Cubans moment. In Cuba it was like a woke moment. It was like their woke moment. Yeah. of the sketch, which is not you know again like. Sometimes you want to just have that. I get it as an artist and performer. You want to have those moments. But personally, I was like, man, you're knocking everything out the park right now on a funny level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to have seen that be funny. As, I mean, it's just like all the little nuances, just cutting to the guy dancing. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with that yeah, one, yeah. dude. I mean, like, that shit is brilliant. And it's so hard to describe, like, how to, like, you can't, like, write stuff like that. It's just like having a... Having an eye for like what's just funny, right, you know what, what I mean? those those right instincts are. Yeah. Well, on the Ilian Gonzalez thing, on a different tack to it, that was like a very topical reference at the time, and I imagine, especially as a stand-up comedian, you probably work a lot of topical things into your humor. And how yeah. do you, how is there a way to write topical humor so that it ages well, or does or does topical humor inherently? limit you in a moment what do you think oh one thousand percent yeah at one thousand percent i mean I, i'm very wary of that when i write because you know there's a selfish side of me it's like all right if i want to put my energy into addressing topical issues like brett kavanaugh if i want to do a brett kavanaugh joke it's going to be only of you know month or two depending on how everything plays out month or two months tops even hillary clinton jokes during the elections i can't do my hillary clinton jokes anymore and i had a great hillary clinton joke and, you know, it's just unfortunate that I can't do it anymore. But that's, I had to be mindful of that when I write. Uh, so it's about. I think about, that's why people wanted her to be president. So you could keep doing that joke. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. No, no sorry. I cut you no, off. I, no, no, it's, 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 it's just the, uh, so yeah, to answer your question, you know, it's, um, it's a balance of like address, like staying, re like, you know, I think that was their moment in the sketch when they addressed Elian Gonzalez. They, I think they felt, like, oh, we can get this in on this sketch. That's our moment. I would have been like. Uh, we draft. I would have gone like, cause you're 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 Mexican, right? You say you're yeah, half Mexican. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would have gone a different direction. I would have been like, I would have drafted Alf. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, yo, Alf, and they were like, you know, before they say he's illegal, he's our alien. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> good, yeah, you know what I mean? Good. Like, that, and that would have been that would have been. I think that would have held up to 2018. Yeah, I think it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Cause they, you know, I, that's the direction. Cause yeah. and that would have been consistent with all their beats. Cause right, I thought right. about it. Cause that to me, like, I, Chappelle's the best in my opinion. He's like, as far as sketch shows, what he accomplished is like that shit should be studied, you know? Cause they were firing on a very high level of like on oct, their creative level was crazy. So that chemistry was crazy. And um, if you're able to hit all the beats in a sketch, man, that shit's like that's like that's like pitching a shutout. You know what I mean? That's like you know not letting the other team score one touch. It's like it's crazy. It's hard to do. So I was like, it kind of made me. I was like, ah oh, man, if they would have just had that. 
you know, Alf in there or something like just to keep it because I'm Latin. <laughs> so I, I would have loved, I would have been like, yo, it'd been dope to see something funny for the Latin right. people. Cause Latins, right. we don't really got like a guy, like I grew up on John Leguizamo. Like that yeah. was my guy. You know what I mean? But we didn't have that many guys yeah. growing up. So, you know, Martin Amini, hopefully I step up and uh, fill a void. There you go. So Martin Amini, <laughs> Layla Martin mentioned this earlier, but um, they have these great crowd shots and cuts to the the uh, commentators essentially like the the Chris Berman-esque mm -hmm. characters while the meat of the sketch is the actual drafting the delegations drafting people or groups um how does the crowd and the announcers add to what we're seeing so when I saw that all I can think of is like sports shows that I block out generally <laughs> like I'm doing laundry and someone else is watching sports or uh, American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> so, like, that's all I could think of when I was watching this and like, you know, seeing everybody. Well, one, it's a little uncomfortable for me, I guess, to see everyone in like the black crowd or the Thai crowd. So like everyone's in their little corner. But yeah, I guess it's. But contextualized, does that make it? Because it is inherently yeah, contextualized, a, a group it makes sense. Sketch, it makes sense. yeah. But when I start to think about it too much, it, my skin <laughs> starts to fall off of my body. <laughs> yeah, but like, but like, uh, they, like if you watch the NFL draft uh, or the NBA draft, but I, I, I think specifically for the uh, NFL draft, where like they they always show the audience and like they are grouped together by team. So like you obviously have supporters for like the the Steelers and those are the like, people that matter. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, no, but it's like, but like, so they're they're like contributing to every like every time um, Roger Goodell walks out, they like boo and yeah. stuff like that. So it's like, so, a so like yeah, 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 yeah. So they're a part of the atmosphere. I'm sorry, they create the atmosphere. Yo, can can I can I also address something too? I think yeah. you know just because I've been like you know taking a moment to reflect on this about the race, the racial tensions and stuff. I was like, I think that is healthy, like the fact that we could have. Because you have Bill Burr, a white guy, as a mm -hmm. commentator. I think it was two white guys, right? Two white guys. Two white guys. The middle guy. And then you have but... each race represented. But it's like the fact that you can have, you know, Bill Burr saying some like, you know, I think at one point, like, let's see when he was talking about the black people, like, let's see how long they can complain for after this or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the fact that every race gets one in, like, I think is good because now it creates this like, I think what happens with in the, one of the issues that we're facing today is that we don't have these like. People, when I do, a, if I if I want to touch on a racial topic, white audiences are tense because they don't want to just, they don't know if it's appropriate or not to laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you're like feeling like you can't even be comfortable with your own like opinion or feelings inside, then what's, are you really growing and evolving? You know what I mean? Like that's when you're limiting yourself. When you just limit yourself, that's my problem with liberals. You know what I mean? <laughs> Liberal audiences are the worst audiences because it's like, bro, you're not even letting yourself feel things. You know what I mean? You're just blocking it off so you can feel better about yourself. It's not for the right reasons, though. You know what I mean? At least with conservatives, or if I'm performing for a Trump audience, they're just being themselves. And I can't knock that. And if I can entertain a, a, an audience of Trump people and they can come up to me and say, hey, man, I might not agree with your, your views, but you're funny. That means I'm, like, reaching them on a, on a higher level. Whereas, with, you know, a lot of times when you limit yourself, like, I don't know if this is right. I don't know. You just let it play out. Let it have, have an open dialogue. And that way, you know, we can actually have these conversations without even limiting ourselves to like whether it's appropriate or not. Just have that ability to have like a dialogue. Cause uh, I grew up in a, in a neighborhood where it's everybody, black people, white people, Asian, Latin, every like Korean, Vietnamese, every, like it was just like so diverse. And we all made fun of each other. 
all the, the names they called me. To, like I can't even like repeat it, but it's like that's how we showed our affection for each other. Sure. You know what I mean? And that's like a way of bonding. And I think like if you really watch it, they were all cool with each other. Like most deaf and all of them. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, that shit was dope. Most deaf and Bill Burr in the same sketch is crazy. <laughs> that's fucking progress. You know what I mean? And we need more of that. I think that's what we're missing. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love, uh, people who just love t-shirts, I guess. Introducing our second sketch today, it's me, Andy. Uh, this was supposed to be introduced by Shoa, a recurring host and guest on the show, but she couldn't make it today. So I will uh, introduce this, and you will soon learn that I probably shouldn't be introducing it. Uh, this sketch is called Driving With Your Persian Mom, and it comes to us from writer-comedian Nazanin Noor. Uh, she's an actress and a writer. Uh, she's been involved in Madam Secretary, Criminal Minds, Political Animals... She has a lot of self-produced clips on YouTube, uh, including a series on Persian moms. And this video comes from that series. Hold on. Don't go yet. Don't go yet. We have to kiss the Quran. Okay? Mom, I don't want to kiss, kiss it. The Quran. I'm not even Muslim. Take it. I don't want to kiss it. You have to kiss, kiss it. it too. You take it. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. Go. One kiss, two kiss, three kiss. Thank you. Here you go. Oh, I'm so hot. Can you turn the AC on a little bit? <sighs> Thank you. Turn it, yeah, turn it higher, 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 lower, lower, higher, a little higher, lower. No, that's too hot. Actually, turn off, turn off. We open window. You're seriously driving me Thank crazy. You. So normally my first question uh, would be uh, to Shoa. Why did she introduce, why did she bring us that clip? But Shoa's not here. Um, so let's just go to my first question for like discussing Layla yeah what's the target audience for this sketch and kind of as a second question what is the appeal to people who aren't part of that audience I think the target audience can be anybody with an overbearing mother um backseat driving I mean anybody and what was your second part of that question well uh, what is what is the appeal for people who aren't part of that audience who aren't part of that um, people who don't have overbearing mothers. Yeah, people who don't have moms, I guess, would be sad. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think it's something that, like, that kind of relationship, I think, exists in a lot of, outside of it being a Persian mother. It can exist in a lot of different cultures, something that Julian was talking about earlier. Um, it can be a best friend. Anybody who just has, I don't, I don't know if it's emotional intelligence or just, like, this will to self-express at every second of every moment of every day. It can be it seems a lot. like a lack of emotional intelligence. Well, I don't know. <laughs> because she's also at the same time expressing like, it's too hot. It's too cold. Do this. Do that. I don't know. I don't know. She's just living on the edge of her mind, which I think is kind of exciting and fun. Can be around. Or just a complete nightmare. Martin, is the Persian element important to this? Or is that is it the immigrant experience? Is it, as Layla said, the overbearing mother experience? Is it all right, three right, of right. those things? First off, shout out to Nazanin, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, local local talent. So it's kind of cool that this is the sketch you guys picked. Yeah. Uh, cultural, what was this, cultural significance? Or or just how important is I think, yeah, it's, the I think, Persian I th part I th of I it? Think, no, Persian, not so much. More cultural, like Layla was, was saying. It's a... Uh, I think like if you come from a Latin background, uh, you can relate. If you come from an Italian background, 
you can write. Overbearing moms, you know, uh, overbearing, just a lot to deal with is a very like relatable topic around the world. Everyone has that mom, like everyone knows that one mom in the community that just, just, just uh, can be overbearing. So I think it's very relatable in that sense on a cultural level. Now, as far as like mainstream America, you know what I mean? Or what we see on TV now, which is a different topic as far as like, you know, issues in America, television. But I don't know if that character has been traditionally seen on our network TV. You know what I mean? This reminds me of um, my aunt in Algeria. Mm-hmm. I guess I looked sad and she was like, and I was by myself. I didn't have any other family around. And I don't speak Arabic very well. And so she was like, you look sad. Let me give you a bath. And I was like, no, like, I'm a full grown woman. <laughs> yeah. No. And she's like, shh, shh. And so she like drags me by my shirt into the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm not. She's like, take your clothes off. I was like, I'm not taking my clothes off. Like, no. And then she gets like a rolled up piece of paper and just keeps like patting me on the head. Like, shh, shh. I do this for my husband all the time. It's fine. And now I'm saying it, it sounds a little creepy. But like, she just wanted to like wash my hair and be nice to me. But it's just like this shushing. So like that opening part where she's like kissing the wall and she's like, I'm not even Muslim. That was the Quran. Was it the Quran? Yes. I thought you said the wallet. No, it was, it was the Quran. <laughs> all right, I was watching it while I was in an Uber. Which makes it funnier. I thought it was like, um, I thought it was like a good luck thing. But anyway, my family. I mean, it was a good luck thing, but because it's the Quran. Okay, whatever. I thought it was a wallet. I was, oh, there was, we won't get into what I saw in my Uber this morning. But anyway, so this thing of like, I like how the white guy's like, it was the Quran. It was a, <laughs> has a religious significance. <laughs> Don't you know anything? I have a bunch of them in my house. <laughs> if that means anything to you. You're supposed to keep them on a top shelf. <laughs> anyway, at least my mom does. Um, so I can relate to that kind of like pushy aunt who's always like, shh, shh, what you're saying doesn't matter. Just listen to what I have to say. Uh, Julian, if you're an I same, actor, I have the same story about my aunt, my, my great aunt making me peppermints. She wants to also bathe you? Yeah. <laughs> People keep trying to bathe me. <laughs> Started uh, to it think worse, it was worse. Damn than, aunts, and they're trying to bathe <laughs> It's worse than when a couple of us were sad. That was the, that was the worst <laughs> big old group bath. <laughs> Julian, you, you mentioned earlier on the episode, you mentioned in previous episodes that you're black and Mexican. And we've talked about this a little bit before. I also um, wear arm, arm patch let people know that's true yeah exactly it's a really dark society that we live in um as an actor and a comedian who is not in the majority group of you know white people in america yeah how obligated do you feel to address that when you're doing comedy yeah i've I've talked about this before when we took we did a um uh a chappelle episode yeah we talked about about, uh we did a chappelle show uh i think it was wayne brady sketch um and uh ever since then i kind of became aware of it that i don't write specifically about like my my own experiences with uh being part of my ethnic group it's so fucking weird to say. It's fucking weird as shit to say. You look sick when you say it. I know. I I almost like gagged when I said ethnic group. (laughs) Fuck. All right. (laughs) Uh but I think it's it's so important that now that I'm watch, now that I'm like aware of it, and I'm thinking about it more, and it's I, I recognize how important it is to just like and uh, just speak with your own voice, you know, um, and like not that I wasn't doing that before, but like um, I, just like a wide range of uh, experiences that are specific to me and specific to, to to my family and stuff like that. 
And so, like, when I watch shows like um, Insecure, I talked about this before, uh, Insecure on HBO, when, when I hear stuff like, when I watch stuff like that, I can see, I can hear my own voice. I can hear, like, the voice of just, like, my people, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fun. Okay, okay. But, uh, but yeah. Everything you're saying makes sense. It's, yeah. It makes sense. It's, yeah. it's like, it, it's just important to, like, to see someone that looks like me on TV saying things that, like, I feel. I think you can see that with the feedback that Hollywood and everywhere has seen, for, especially this summer from Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, yeah. Um, or yeah, Black yeah. Panther last winter. Like, yeah, it's yeah. that same kind of thing. Pe when people see themselves on screen, it's empowering in a way. I think a lot of people don't always realize until they see it on screen. That's kind of the takeaway I've seen from my Asian friends when they talk about Crazy Rich Asians. Right. Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, I think that's art in general, like music lyrics like when you're like oh man i'm going through this horrible breakup or like well i had this great success and you can like feel that within whatever art you're it's a painting it's maybe somebody's journal entry that you're like reading maybe it's like whatever it is it's that relatability yeah or so like like um atlanta did this exact same thing you know it's it's it's, it's <laughs> like it's like healthy for everyone to watch stuff like Martin, do you feel the need to address your background when you're doing comedy? Is that something you like to do? Is it something you feel that you have to do? Uh, depends on the situation. Early on, that was a lot of what I talked about in my earlier years of doing it. Whenever that becomes like the norm, I try to get away from what people expect or are doing a lot because that's what's hot. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like, for example, recently I made a decision to stop punching down on racism because that became a trope almost like racism's bad like yeah we know like that's not <laughs> yeah, yeah but if you're using that to get like to get applause breaks i think that's cheap so now i decided to make a constant decision to like punch up on immigration like how immigrants are dope and i'd like write stuff for that now like to just counter how people are using racism to like i'm not saying everybody i'm just saying i've seen okay, it happen yeah, yeah. where it's like racism is bad right guys and then everyone's like woo like that's not a good that's not you know i don't thanks for taking that stance yeah it's a strong exactly so brave <laughs> yeah. um so yeah i try i try to uh whenever it's expected i try not to do it just to keep things fresh layla on the actual content of the sketch it's almost like they're a little vignettes you have these little there's the ac bit there's the kissing the wallet slash quran bit there's the yelling at the neighbor outside it doesn't necessarily it's not like a sketch where you have three distinct escalating beats but how does this kind of almost vignette style sketch work and how does it create comedy well i think it's the editing and the cutting of all of those things i mean in like a if you're in that situation that's kind of what it feels like it's this non-stop like interruption in your own thought with somebody else just being like da 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 yeah the editing um, was good yeah, yeah. really yeah. good I was gonna say, this is the first uh, first sketch i've ever seen that was like i actually noticed the editing like it was like that well good. editing i mean if, if you guys all know this but like yeah. the editing is, is is huge in timing comedy timing Yo, like i think sure. it makes yeah. the, a lot of times what the editing did in this one i think it accomplished it it gave you a feel like you were in the car and you were being annoyed in the car with with <laughs> nazanin's character yeah you know so that means I think the editor did a great job. The timing of it was perfect because we've seen when editing's not done right, yeah, it can be really mess. annoying yeah. <laughs> to watch. Right. Well, and, and you or see, it can just feel like it goes on forever. Yeah. Right. 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 Now, Martin, do you shoot any videos? Do you do 
kind of yeah yeah, yeah. My background i have a background in film and editing and directing I've, I've directed a bunch of music videos and so this is done in a car how is that difficult how do you and and how do you execute videos like in a car because you're really you're in a confined space sure yeah i mean it's i think the way they did it was it's almost like it was like on a phone it felt like a very like uh like you're you were in the car. They did a good job of naturalistic, you feel almost. Like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't over overproduced. If that makes any sense, yeah. you know what I mean. So, I think, okay. yeah, no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say if you don't, I think when you want someone to like, you know, feel the frustration, you know, I think uh, they did a good job of like showing that, and uh, yeah, I thought it was it was shot very well. Yeah. I've worked with David in a car before. So I know how he did that. David uh, Wardrick is the director of the um, of this video, the Drive With My Persian Mom video. And he's worked with Bad Medicine before. He's involved in the DC 48-hour film festival, as well as a litany of other um, film projects. Barton, when, you're, uh, when you have content that you are really proud of and are really happy with, how do you go about self-promoting? And is, is there ever any point where you feel awkward about self-promotion is that just something you have to power through how do you self-promote that's a good question man i i you know as far as something i'm proud i have like videos i haven't shared yet that i've been sitting on i'm like oh it's not ready yet it's not ready yet it's not ready yet i, I want to do another add another scene to this or that joke's not ready but then the balance is you got to constantly update your portfolio so people when you get to a point where people are looking for your work they want to see new stuff. They want to, and as a stand-up, it's very challenging because I can't put out my material because then people don't want to buy tickets to show. Like, right. you know what I mean? They're like, oh, we already saw that on YouTube. Yeah. So it's a challenge, you know? You want to give them a little bit, but not too much. Yeah, I mean, if you're an artist, promoting is key, man. That's, I mean, it's, it's tough just trying to build a following in general. And this is the first year I think I finally accomplished uh, a goal of just having an audience that is able to... Um, I can sustain a life, a lifestyle based on my audience, you know, meaning mm -hmm. people buy tickets to my shows yeah. and I can pay my bills based on that. Oh, that's got to be a great feeling. It's a great, it is, it's, it's very fulfilling. Uh, it's the best. All right, it's time for our final thoughts. Martin, as the guest, can you come up with a rating system for how we defined the sketches today? Well, I, you know, I did, one of the takeaways from this is uh, just the joy and the uncomfort of Layla throughout this, uh, the racial draft. <laughs> yeah, sketch. that was fun, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was a highlight for me. I'm glad you. But I, it's, it. an, it's, it's great though because, like, the great Patrice O'Neill said, you know, if everyone in the room is laughing, then you're not doing your, you know, job. you, you want to just the best part. You want to be at fifty percent of the room, and the other fifty percent is looking at you in horror. <laughs> that was my favorite reaction. Is that's when you have that's some, how I felt when I was talking about the the racial draft and Layla's face was like ah. It wasn't anything you were saying. It's just alarm bells ringing in my head. Like, yeah. What what's gonna happen? I mean, there's some stuff that we can go back. I was thinking about doing the Mrs. Swan sketch for Mad TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that would yeah. I, I had to draw a line on that yeah. one. But my mom and I, we could just pop that in. <laughs> we just it's just, you know, it, it, but you know, there's limits to everything. But the racial yeah. draft is brilliant and uh, I think I think it's uh, I think it should be studied. <laughs> I I hear that. Julian, what did you think? Um, How uncomfortable would you make Layla with these sketches with, uh, um, with the racial draft? I would make her so I would uh put noise canceling headphones on her. That's a good start. And then just have um, 
teddy bear. A sound of someone eating something. Oh, no, no. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay, well, that would make me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like. Unrelated to race, though. Oh, uh, unrelated to race. Oh, no, no. That, I mean, that sounds, unless there, is there a racial element to food sounds? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, okay. that's a, the old black Mexican <laughs> trope <laughs> of, of eating with your <laughs> 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 Layla, how uncomfortable would you make yourself with? For this sketch? Yeah. Well, what's the range? Here? I don't know. Let's, this is, which we're just free balling here. I mean, I, I like to talk about um, buttholes, so... Out of 10 tight buttholes, this one, I was less, I was a little less, I would say it was like um, an eight. It was like eight tight an buttholes. Eight, 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 eight tight buttholes. Um, for this one, for me, in terms of how would, uncomfortable I would make Layla through away stuff, I don't know. I would probably just like eat white bread and drink milk and just do white people shit um, and stare <laughs> at her while I do it. <laughs> I would just make eat me... bagels, like just eat a ton of cream cheese. Just like, <laughs> just <laughs> eat cream cheese straight out of the... Schmear. <laughs> Going for that schmear. All right. And for, um, for driving with uh, my Persian mother, um, I would say, man, I don't have a good... I, I, I really enjoy this sketch. I, I really enjoyed... Um, kind of your spin on it, Layla, that you introduced of kind of like, it's not kind of the, the racial element, even the immigrant parent element is not important. It's the the human element, the overbearing mother, overbearing person. We all can relate to that. I don't have a good way to apply the scale for this one. I like this sketch. Layla? <laughs> I guess how much maybe, because we all love that friend, but we also all hate that friend or person or mother. So I guess how much, what's the love Love hate is, I think, should be the scale. How much do you love hate this? Because you love hate the person. Does that make sense? Sure. What we already have a scale. Um, <laughs> What's the scale? How racially uncomfortable we're oh. making you, or oh. uncomfortable we're making you with race. This one brings me home. This one is like, because my aunt um, lived with me when I was younger. So this one just reminds me of my aunt. So I, f I think this has a nostalgia to it that makes me want to give it a 10. All right. For nostalgia. Julian? Yeah, for me too. This this sketch reminds me of so many people uh, in my family, um, and it was so well done. And the the editing was great, and the acting was great. So it seemed really frenetic and really like <laughs> overbearing. As I loved it, so I would give it. Um, Layla's like smiling, like really a toothy smile, and then like I pick my nose and just pull a booger out and put it right on one of her front teeth. Oh God. That is uncomfortable. Martin, you, Julian. Thank you. <laughs> Martin, how would you rate, uh, rate this sketch? I'd say 10 for lovable, and then for, as far as uncomfortable, but I'm, I wasn't uncomfortable watching. I was like, this is very relatable. Yeah, yeah, this is very relatable. All right, thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest, Martin Amini, for being on today's show. Martin, where can our listeners find you online, out in the world? Plug right, some stuff. Uh, to everyone listening at home, listen up, guys. October 12th and October 13th, I'm headlining uh, a weekend at the DC Comedy Loft. It's my first time headlining here in DC. Four shows, doing 45 minutes. Um, it's going to be a fun show. So if you want to get tickets, uh, go to my website, martinamini.com. And uh, if you want to follow me, follow me on Instagram, at martinamini. If you want to come to the show, just DM me and I'll give you free tickets. There you go. Yeah. That's a good plug. Yeah, like, yeah, like a TV show too, right? Not I'm on two TV shows. Uh, one, True TV Laugh Tracks. That's out. You can see my episode on YouTube right now. And then um, I'm on Wanda Sykes' new show that's coming out on Epics. 
uh, in October called Unprotected Set. It's a uh, stand-up comedy showcase. So they went to six different cities, one of them being Washington, D.C. And on the Washington, D.C. episode, uh, I'm the host of the show. And it was filmed at the D.C. Improv. So look out for that. Awesome. Definitely will be. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch you are interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We'd be happy to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Martin Amini, Julian Morgan, Layla Dreesey, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit BadMedicineComedy.com.